0: House Flipping HQ Podcast, episode 31. This This, this this is is the House Flipping flipping HQ HQ Podcast. podcast.
1: Giving you the strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. House Flipping flipping HQ. HQ. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom.
2: Let's get flipping with your host,
0: Justin Williams.
2: Everything is awesome, everything is awesome, everything is awesome when you work as a team. Everything is awesome, everything is awesome when you work as a team.
0: Everything is awesome when you work as a team and even more awesome if you are creating your house flipping machine team. You know, in the Lego movie, there's this guy. He's just this ordinary guy and he ends up becoming the special or so they tell him he's the special, which makes him believe that he can do anything. And it just gives him this mindset that he needs to take on and and do things that he normally would not have done. And then later on, he finds out that the special was just really made up, and there was really nothing special about finding the thingamajig that he found. But that made him believe in himself, and it made him take action and do things he normally want to do. That's just so powerful. You know, as you're creating your housekeeping business, it really is all about you. It's about you believing in yourself. Don't listen to other people. Don't even ask their opinion, because they're going to give you an opinion based off of something that they don't even know about. And all that really matters is that I think you're awesome, and you think you're awesome, and that's all that really matters. And your mom. She thinks you're awesome too. So we're good. Okay. So for today's episode, so far we have listened to the pros. We have listened to the newbies. And now I give you a sophomore. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> uh, Tim Gordon, after I interviewed him, texted me. He's like, hey, you should uh, introduce me as like a sophomore type love. And I think that's right on. Actually, I would say he's more of a uh, finishing sophomore, entering junior year, But Tim has taken some incredible action, you know, he shares with us how it took him a year to get going, uh, to get his first deal, which I think is very cool that he's willing to talk about that and the struggles that he had, but how he kept going and the numbers that he kept achieving. And we talk about benchmarks other than just closing a deal, because it's those benchmarks that will get you to closing a deal, but you can taste that success, you know, you can, it's okay to feel like you've been successful just because you've contacted certain people and you've done certain things. We also get into some of the financing that he's done, which I think is pretty cool, uh, using bank financing and getting rehabs paid for through the bank. Anyway, it was just a great interview and a great episode, so I'm really looking forward to sharing that with you. Also, a quick reminder that tonight I will be doing uh, the webinar where I'll focus on acquisitions. You can go to housekeepinghq.com slash webinar to sign up. If you missed the one tonight, sign up for the next one. I'm going to be covering a different topic each time. Then also go over the details of our mastermind group, as well as do a Q&A at the end. So we're looking forward uh, to having many of you on. As of right now, we have more signups than we've ever had. So it should be a great webinar. And the winner is... Okay, now for the moment you've all been waiting for, we have finally selected a winner for the Michael Quirrell's uh, yellowletters.com competition, where Michael is generous enough to give away a thousand letters, and the lucky winner is Ed. Ed, I wish I knew your last name or where you're from or a little more about you, but I don't. All I see is Ed. So all you need to do is email Michael at Michael at yellowletters.com and let him know you were the winner of the thousand yellow letters, and they'll work out those details with you. And uh, congratulations, man! Pretty cool. So hope that helps out. Uh, really inspiring words that you had to share. All of you guys really actually inspired me a ton. Uh, the rest of you, you can get 250 free business cards. So, by the time you hear this recording, I will have sent everybody who entered the competition along with uh, Ed. I'll include you as the winner. And Michael will be expecting to hear from each of you guys and get those business cards going. All righty. And with that, let's get flipping with Mr. Sophomore himself, Tim Gordon. <laughs> All right, Tim. So before we dive in, talking about more about your business, why don't you give us a quick background? How you know a little bit about your background? How you got involved in real estate, and then we'll bring us up to speed to to where you're at right now in your business.
1: Okay, cool. Well, um, I uh, everything started for me in the summer of 2011. I was actually dating someone who was a basically a private money lender um, for rehabs and. Oh, nice. <laughs> she was making more money than me while going to Pilates classes every day. <laughs> and um, it kind of gave me an awakening just to, um, it was an individual who had a, a certain mindset and a certain way about living their life that uh, it kind of gave me an awakening to what was possible besides just a simple nine to five job and just, you know, working every day without really thinking about where your future led. And um, from there, I, I found Bigger Pocket's website, which then provided me a list of all of the sort of approved real estate investment clubs in Southern California, you know, where people would say, you know, these are good clubs. They're not out to, you know, swindle you for classes or anything like that. And uh I basically went to uh San Diego Creative Investors. That was my very first real estate meeting. And uh it'd probably almost be like someone going to church for the first time. I mean, I just there was so much energy. There was everyone was friendly. There was so much opportunity. Um I think a lot of people who work in the corporate world can relate to this where there's, there's sometimes there's a ceiling and you, and you see a ceiling where there's only so far you can go, whereas in this world of real estate investing, there is no ceiling. Um, it's, it's completely open to whatever you're willing to put in. Uh, that led me to Invest Club for Women uh, the very next week, and they had a thing called the 60-Day Challenge, which is basically a crash course in real estate investing for two months. and uh, It's probably like a boot camp of real estate investing. And I only had a few days to decide whether or not I wanted to sign up for it. Um, I think it was just over $1,000. And I went with my gut, signed up for it. And their course led me into wholesaling, real estate investing, and just kind of even pushed me further into that direction. And uh, from there, that got me interested in trying to wholesale houses and become a real estate investor. And that was at the end of 2011. And um, I spent the following of 2012 trying to Wholesale and learn how to get a deal. It didn't quite work out as I'd planned, but eventually it, it started to come together. And for the last year and a half, I've been wholesaling quite actively and have a couple properties now. And I don't think I could be happier.
0: Okay, love it. Perfect. So you, you, know, you started doing some research, found bigger pockets, found Bill Tan's club, uh, which is, isn't that like the largest club in Southern California or something like that? And it's it had-
1: massive. You walk in and it is quite daunting, honestly, for a first person there. It yeah. is huge um but on the other hand too it was i mean you, when you see that opportunity um it's quite exciting
0: yeah yeah so it's a, a great club we'll definitely include that in the show notes um and then you went to uh, in- invest club for women which those girls are crazy <laughs> I maybe mean not in a good way
1: <laughs> they um it was so funny I, I i was having a really long day i remember and i had reminders in my phone for when there were different real estate clubs and when they had events and I was in Orange County that day and my phone went off and I was pretty tired but something pulled at me to go there and um, I just remember as I'm walking in Iris who's one of the founders gives me this big hug (laughs) and um, it just I don't know for for me that really kind of won me over because I'm thinking these people don't even know who I am and they're giving me a big old hug before I even walk in through the doors and uh, Yeah. yeah those they've been some fantastic mentors to me awesome
0: so, yeah, two great clubs. I remember the first time I went to Invest Club for Women, I was like, am I allowed to go here? I'm not a <laughs> woman, as far as I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, I and mean, that's it, too. I, I I wasn't quite sure either, and I just, you know, I'm kind of one of those people where I don't ask too many questions, and so I, I just went, and uh, boy, am I glad I ever did. But, yes, it is um, it is nice, though, because uh, typically a lot of these clubs are, are are ran by men, or, you know, there's, there's not a lot of women uh, who run these clubs, and so it is a great... Um, option for women if they want to find a club to find, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more welcomed. Um I think they've done a fantastic job of making sure, you know, kind of putting a flag down in the ground here in Southern California that there are clubs, you know, for for everybody and to make sure every people, you know, everyone's welcome.
0: Yeah. A lot a lot of energy. What's the ooh ah la fabulous or something? ah, (laughs) So anyway, so a couple of great clubs. Now I love I've heard about this the 60 day challenge they do and I love that because it is the epitome of what I'm always talking to people about, you know, just getting out there, taking action, having accountability. And that's basically the whole focus of this challenge, right? So i am I right? That's right. Yeah, right? It's, okay.
1: it's completely right. Um, you basically have, I mean, you've got a parachute. They're going to push you out of a plane, but you've got a parachute.
0: So can, do you mind, can we take a couple minutes and talk about that? Like, what were the things that you did? Because I think it'll be valuable for uh, anybody who's looking to get started on Just how you guys just took action. Like, how did you guys start? What did you do each day? What were the jobs? I think if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you get kicked out of the group, right?
1: You can actually, yeah, you you certainly can. And in fact, they only allow certain people in. They're going to actually require you to you know fill out kind of a a mission statement, and they're going to want to make sure that your mind's in the right place and that you seem to be you know the type of person who they would like to have in the challenge. Um, So you you you're almost screened before you even get into the challenge, and then you do have accountability once you're in and Basically, they're going to, I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing because, I mean, I came into there not knowing a thing. A few people came in owning rentals or this was, you know, 2011. So there was people who maybe had, you know, made money, lost money, you know, in years prior. Um, they're going to get you started right away. They're going to help you understand how to comp properties so that you can properly understand the value of them. Uh, they're then going to allow you to use their proof of funds and um, their earnest money and their company name to put out offers on properties on the MLS. So, it forces you to make probably more offers in two months than the average full-time investor does in a year, uh, which is a pretty cool thing. So you have to you know, analyze the property, make a connection with a realtor who is then willing to take your offer and you're putting in very low offers. So it's training you in handling rejection. Um, you're also required, when we did it, we were required to make over 50 phone calls a week. So you're calling for sale by owner, um, ads on Craigslist. I mean, by the end of the week, you're scrambling to find anybody that you can count as a phone call about real estate. Um, they're kind I love of,
0: that. So, so, okay, let's talk about that real quick. You called 50, you got to call 50 people per week. I love it. Cold oh, calling it was, or door knocking. I mean, when I see someone willing to do that, like I know they're going to make it happen. Right? Yeah,
1: it was fantastic. And I mean, the, the beautiful thing about real estate investing is that all of us have different skills that we're probably going to be a little bit stronger at than others. And so, for one person in the group, the cold calling might be absolutely no problem and then for another person in the group it's the most terrifying thing that they could ever consider and you know but then on the on the flip side to that you know there's got to be they're going to find whatever it is that you're not comfortable doing and they're going to make sure that you do it and it just pushes you to that next level
0: yeah as you know from my podcast i'm always saying if, if you're not uncomfortable you're probably not progressing very much in your business
1: how true i mean it's just so true
0: yeah okay so what kind of people were you calling you said craigslist let's break this down um how do you, you just hop on craigslist and start calling people? i'm just trying to give people ideas of what they can maybe do to take immediate action in their business
1: sure well i would say um a few routes would be so i mean you've got kind of you know the, the two main ways to get deals are going to be either you know listed on the multiple listing service you can call listing agents or buyers agents so that was one avenue that you could take okay and, that
0: could count as your 50 people
1: yep and those are the more professional more you know, more kind of in the profession type of people. So they'd really grind you sometimes. And then the other route was to go the kind of off market or private owner route, which would be to go after Craigslist for sale by owner or for sale by owner signs. Or, I mean, you run out, I mean, 50 is a big number when you, I mean, I know it sounds small, but you start running out of people to call after a week or two when you've been doing the same thing for you know almost two months. So, I mean, I'm calling for rent signs. uh, I'm calling for rent ads on craigslist um and just asking people if they'd rather sell their house instead of rent it um
0: (laughs) no yeah it's true i mean if they have it for rent it's probably not rented out they're probably losing money on it i tell people the same thing call those
1: guys it was great and it um it's so funny because you just you'd learn the fun you know it's very good to get yourself comfortable making those phone calls where it's they want it to be to the point where it's just another phone call. There's yeah. no build up. There's no anxiety. There's no anticipation. You just know what your job is and you're going to make that phone call. That's a great
0: fell forward fast.
1: Now, what I love about
0: the 50 number two is I love measurable things. I want, I, I've heard a quote that says, what gets talked about gets talked about and what's, what gets measured gets done. Now, we may not be able to control as much getting a deal accepted or exactly when that's going to happen. I can't say, okay, Tim, Uh, And within a month, you have to get a deal accepted, but you can control and you can measure calling 50 people per week. So that's, that's great.
1: Yeah. I mean, and there, there definitely seems to be results. I mean, every, every few weeks on Facebook, I see someone who's been through their challenge who is, you know, either holding a check or saying that they've got their first rental or, I mean, it, it, it does produce results. It's, it's a very good way of forcing people to break through to that next level
0: okay so you have the 50 phone calls what else did did you guys do you, were you guys doing direct mail and stuff like that too or how we were we were
1: doing very small volume direct mail so um, it would be probably 50 to 100 mail pieces but it was more just to teach you the process of yes, that um, than it was to execute on a, a large scale and so you'd get a few phone calls and You know i remember staying on the phone for entirely too long once with an elderly gentleman um probably an hour
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey getting the practice right
1: right and then um i think we were required to do 10 mls or 10 offers a week and they could be divided between private party and mls and i think more of us were doing mls than private party but it had to be 10 offers a week um, that we had to come in with proof that these offers had been submitted i
0: love that so 50 phone calls 10 offers a week, both very measurable things. Uh, those things will cause you to fail forward and to learn what you don't know. And then you because people you can only get educated so much, right? I mean, we, we both yeah. know people who have gone to clubs and seminars for years without really doing anything. And in a way, they know a lot, but in a way, they don't. They're not really in the club, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I believe it's more of a social um, need than a, an actual want for real estate. I think, you know, they just want to be part of something. And I've done some things that you know, in two thousand thirteen I did some things that I thought I knew and boy was I ever humbled.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So okay, great. Well I I think I think that's great. Fifty calls, I like that. Ten offers a week. Um that's cool. And then you guys would like split the profits, right? If you got a deal or something like that or
1: Yeah, it's it's you, you sign kind of a you know, an agreement, but it's more just a you know, it's a team effort. Um, you know, there would be a mastermind once a week where people would go over their offers, their different situations, and then a new piece of the puzzle was basically taught to us. You know, so every week they would be advancing it from, you know, okay, this is how you comp a property. Okay, this is how you make a seller finance offer. You know, okay, this is how you're going to go after, you know, and, and grow a buyer's list. And so, um, you know, every week it was something new that was added to your tool belt awesome. to help you grow.
0: Very cool. So, like you said, this was an amazing way for you to kind of hit the ground running, get out of the gate strong after that because it is a 60-day program you did get some additional uh education which we can we don't need to go into too much detail on that but you you went to like another seminar or something like that
1: i did it was almost a year later and it was the it was a flip to freedom event held, hosted by sean terry which was a, a three-day event in texas and that was a that was a big catalyst for me too um in, in regards to taking it from kind of beginning training to turn this into a business training
0: okay and I think that, okay, so he helped you kind of turn into a business type training with like systems and what, what kind of things did you start to do from there that helped you in your business?
1: I, I think a lot of it for me was a mental commitment. Um, there, for whatever reason, there was a hesitance to really, you know, dive in um, after that challenge. I, uh, ironically, I was quickly becoming that person who attends all the clubs, but wasn't actually getting any results or doing much. Uh-huh. Um, and a very good friend of mine, Kind of called me out and, and just said, "Well, maybe wholesaling's not for you," and um, that's a big motivator for totally. You know, so, um, so the flip to freedom, it was basically a, you know putting down a business plan. It was at first it was a commitment, you know, to fly myself to another state to stay for three days at a hotel, to go to this event, to um, you know hang around with other wholesalers and watch what they were doing, and it, it basically taught me that I don't need to reinvent the wheel. I basically just need to do you know, consistent marketing, you know, on a monthly basis, a commitment to do that, no matter what the results are for deals that I'm going to consistently market and that I'm going to have systems in place for, you know, tracking my leads, monitoring my leads, following up with my leads. Uh, and I'm basically, you know, hundred percent committed to doing this. I'm not just, I think a lot of us know the folks who say, once I get results, I will invest. And it doesn't work. You you have no. to invest to get the results. And so yeah. it's it's kind of, you know, you, you can't put the cart before the horse. You know, yes, you do need to spend that money on marketing. You do need to do these things if you want to make this work. Otherwise, you're just going to be on the sidelines forever.
0: You've got to get your hands dirty. I mean, you, yeah. you've got to be able to get out there. And I love those high numbers because it is a numbers game. I mean, you absolutely improve your techniques over time. But not everybody's, not every agent. People are like, oh, I can't find an agent. How many did you call? Two? It's like, well... Keep calling, <laughs> no, keep yeah. going. Um,
1: um, there's certainly a way.
0: Yeah. And then over time, once you learn those basics, you do want to systematize it. So you kind of, I, I like this path that you took. Uh, okay. So let's talk about how did you find success from there? I mean, how did you get yourself going? How did you, what, what how do you motivate yourself? Um, how did you get that first deal? Let's talk about some of that.
1: Oh my for whatever reason, I think the universe really wanted me to work for my first deal. Um, <laughs> and um, I have a very good friend um, named Luis Anteveros, who is a very savvy wholesaler and a, and a very good friend of mine. And I owe him a lot. Um, he was one of the other people who was key to my success. And he was actually the person that called me out on, you know, that I wasn't maybe cracked up for wholesaling. And he had a deal in Desert Hot Springs that he couldn't move, it was two properties. And um, basically I I just asked if I could take a shot at it. And so I went to work on trying to find a buyer and it wasn't a rehab, it was actually a rental. And this was back in, uh, let's see, this was in the fall of 2012. So things weren't quite as hot as they are today. So wholesaling a rental was actually a bit of a challenge. And I ended up going on Craigslist and calling every uh, for rent ad uh, in Desert Hot Springs. And just said, basically, I see you have a rental. Would you like to buy another one? Wow, that's a
0: really smart idea.
1: I did it it so much in one day that I didn't even know who it was when the person called me back and said they wanted it. Because if I looked at every for rent ad on Craigslist, the link was purple because I clicked on every single one. Wow. And um, so we had a buyer. He was ready to go. And unfortunately, uh, we'd taken so long to find a buyer prior to me being involved in the deal that the seller actually no longer wanted to be involved in the deal. So here i had my first wholesale deal the buyer ready to go and the seller is now telling us to get lost and it was heartbreaking and um i remember actually going to flip to freedom while we were still fighting to close this and they have this thing where it's you know raise your arm if you've got a deal done and i remember feeling you know kind of you know a little sad because you know i was like i'm so close but i just don't have that first deal and um but i I had to be a wholesaler whether or not I had a deal done. I couldn't consider myself one ent- you know, because I hadn't closed one. I was doing what it took to be a wholesaler. It was going to happen. And um, we eventually had to just uh, give the seller more money to close the deal. But I would have closed that deal for a penny just to have gotten totally. my first deal done. And uh, Love it. we got it done. And then um, I took every penny. I think I, I made $1,250. There's a long story behind that, but That's it was awesome. a little check. That's awesome. I put it all into marketing. I went big on a mailer right before Thanksgiving. And then I pulled down a massive deal in December of 2012. And after that, it was just like the floodgates were opened. Um, and 2013 was just an unbelievable year. I
0: love that story because I mean, you, you took the funds from your first deal, invested it into another, something else, got you something bigger. The whole three feet from gold, how easy would it have been for you to quit so much earlier? Um, but you still worked so hard to even get that first one.
1: I, oh, yeah. I think that's I, awesome. Uh, I remember just getting kind of cut down at the knees countless times over uh, 2012. But the funny thing is, and I didn't realize this at the time, was every time I tried to you know, maybe help someone else sell their deal or you know, do anything I was doing, it was prepping me for when I did have deals. And it exactly. was preparing me for when I... It, it was all necessary. Um, some other people can get a deal done in a month from when they start. It wasn't me and, you know, more power to them, but not me either. That journey was, it was required for some reason. And I'm, you know, I'm glad I went through it. Well, a, f- a few things.
0: I remember when I first started wholesaling as well, I would do everything to sell houses, just like what you're talking about. I mean, I was putting flyers on doors. I was knocking doors in the neighborhood, holding open houses, um, just doing everything. I did like a five-day auction sell one time. I mean, it was a ton of work. Looking back, I almost did too much work. I'm like, wow, I did a lot of work to sell those houses. <laughs> but it's almost like I didn't know any better. you know. But, I, but then again, I did whatever it took to find that buyer. So I love that. And then um, I just love that you kept pushing through. So let's talk a little more about this big deal. How did you make that happen?
1: This one was kind of funny, actually. It um Sometimes we we ask you know the world too many questions and you know you go into the information overload and people are saying oh don't do mailers around Thanksgiving they never deliver and I'm sitting there with this you know wholesale fee and I'm going I, I, you know all I want to do is get more marketing and so I decided to kind of double down and go on a very big mailer right about Thanksgiving and my theory was basically everyone else is saying not to do it so, so do, it. <laughs> do it totally and um, I got. I had a few solid leads actually. I only turned, I think, one deal out of that mailer, but uh, it was a gentleman who called, and I could just, you know, I guess from the year of doing these with no results, I'd gotten pretty good at the phone process. So I could hear in his voice the motivation. And um, it was a rental, and um, he had a tenant in there with a lease and a property management company. So this was a, a very protected deal in a way because I had to find a way to get the tenant out of the property. And I remember meeting with the owner and we built rapport very quickly. Um, I think that's probably one of my strong suits, but fortunately, I mean, and that's one of the big things I tell everyone is you got to get some kind of a connection with the seller. And so we built rapport, we agreed on a price and, um, I shopped it out and I actually had it for, I think we had about a $36,000 spread between, you know, where I was going to sell it and where uh, we had it under contract, but the tenant, um, this was a funny experience. I'm, you know, brand new wholesaler. And I call this lady a few weeks before Christmas telling her that I'm buying her house and I'd like her to move out. And, uh, she hung up on me and, um, nice property manager called me, um, informed me that she had a lease until August of the next year. And I realized that, you know, that was basically a hostage situation. Um, you know, um, you know, my buyer is not going to buy the deal unless the tenant moves out. the tenant, made very good money, and uh, she didn't feel like moving. And it took, uh, this was actually some really good advice from Todd Toback, who's another very active real estate investor, and he reminded me just to listen and to pay attention to what the tenant was saying. And you know, she wanted stability. She'd just been in a divorce, and she didn't want to pick up her kids and move again. And so basically, I had to kind of remind her that I couldn't tell her that I wasn't going to be able to buy the house if she didn't move out. So I had to pretend I was buying it no matter what, And that come August, I wouldn't renew the lease and that she would have to move. And so there was a, she was going to have to move whether it was in January or August. Yeah. And I basically just said, look, I will sweeten the pot to get you out in January so that you're good. And so we found her a, a similar property through the same property management company, but it was 500 more a month. So I covered that for a year. Uh, I paid to move her, and I paid her first month's rent. All in all, it came up to almost, I think, eight or $9,000 I had to pay this lady to move out.
0: Which is totally worth it because you yeah. you, know, you saved yeah. the deal, and you and you did your second deal,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, and um, it was a beautiful thing. I mean, I kept my commitment to the seller who had to sell before the end of the calendar year for tax purposes. Um, I closed my first big deal on my own, and that was when I really felt like I made it. I think there, there was like a, a mental flip of a switch where it was like okay you know you're in it now
0: totally totally I, I got this now what i love is i mean you are just solving problems one after another and that to me is what a real estate investor does they solve they're a problem
1: solver true very true
0: right so you just were finding solutions and how can you make this work how can you if someone in this business you know if, if you have problems and you think oh this is too hard it's not for me problems is what you're going to do every day So just I love that uh, Mike Cantu says every day he just puts on his problem solving hat. And once he labels himself as a problem solver, he's not surprised when problems come up.
1: Exactly. And the beautiful thing is the wealth of resources that we have to us. You know, so I mean, for example, House Flipping HQ, these podcasts that you're doing, um, different things like this are what allow us when we're doing these deals to find the guide to our solutions, you know, just as Todd had given me some advice, you know, I was reaching out to resources available to me to get that guidance and uh, I mean that's another reason why I love this podcast is because you can just be in your office listening to one and you hear someone's story or one of the case studies which gives you you know some kind of an idea or information that's going to get you through that next problem that you face and so it's all about utilizing those resources available to you. Yeah, I love that.
0: I love that. So let's talk a little more about how you are currently running your business, or at least you know, in the past year. I mean, when did you really start to pick up? You said you did that deal, and uh, when did you do the bigger deal? That- the
1: big deal was December of 2012. And after that, it was just it, everything changed. So, what, uh, what were you
0: doing at that time? What did you start to do from there up to kind of what you're doing now? Like, how are you doing your marketing? How are you running your business? What kind of things do you do? Let's talk things- a little more about
1: that. Uh, From the fall of 2012 forwards, there was a bigger commitment on consistent marketing. And then um, first quarter of 2013, I really started to focus on uh, systems. And so I started using a a CRM database so that every lead that comes in, um, it's in the database. Do you mind
0: sharing with us what you use?
1: No, I use, I use Zoho and, um, it's absolutely fantastic. It's, it's actually for a basic introductory level, it's actually free. Um, it's similar to Salesforce or Act. Um, it's cloud based. Um, I designed it basically so that when I hire an assistant, which I'm in the process of doing right now, they could, they could look at a lead and know everything about it without me having to say a, a thing about it. So it's broken down into different sections. You've got the owner information and how we reached them and, and what level of communication we've had with them. It's got the transaction details, which would be, you know, the numbers that we've spoken about, the repairs, maybe it's got a mortgage, what their mortgage payment is. And then there's the it details on the property, you know, just the basics, you know, the stats on the house, you know, and um, it's all in there so that you could open it up, Justin, and you'd know exactly what you're looking at. I love that.
0: And I use something like that when I first started and Yeah, I'd like to get some like that going as again. But so Zoho.com is that Z-O-H-O? Okay. Yep.
1: And it's a fantastic and and you could really, I mean, a lot of us, I I come from an outside sales background, which I still work in, and uh, we used Act in that. And so I was familiar with the CRMs and I just, all of them work really well. It's just picking one that you're comfortable with and then you kind of tweak it and build upon it and then that's your CRM.
0: Awesome. That's very cool. So you kind of adapt it to what what works best for you. So, okay, really cool. So. Your marketing. Let's talk a little about more of your marketing. Are you doing MLS deals? Working with agents? Uh, just direct mail? What kind of direct marketing are you doing? Dude, it was the goods, man.
1: Let's it was this. funny. the uh, <laughs> The beginning of the year, I, I had a bit of an attitude about MLS, and th- there was a reason behind that. I spent all of 2012 trying to get a deal off MLS. And you say the beginning out. of the
0: year. You mean the beginning of 2013?
1: Yeah, 2013. Okay. I was strictly direct mail. That was all I did. And um, it was producing steady deals. But um, I'm a little networker. I love networking. I love weird wholesale deals where um, I know they're a deal, but they're not a deal to everybody. And so I've, I've honestly made a, a, a big portion of my business has actually been helping other people wholesale their deals uh, as That's well. Cool. And I'm not the guy that sends out. The useless deals that you've that you've seen ten times from you know fifteen other people. Um, it's very specific deals where you know maybe it works better as a rental. You know, it's uh-huh. a, you know I've wholesaled a few multi units or condo. Um, you know, or just unusual deals. I quite enjoy selling those. So I would say about forty to fifty percent of my business was direct mail, and then about twenty five percent was other people's deals, and then twenty five percent was MLS deals. I love that,
0: and I think that's really true too. Because there are properties you see that if someone's buying it for a rental, you know they're probably going to be willing to pay a little bit more. They don't need to worry about the flip numbers. Um, exactly. And if you can find that right buyer, I love what you did with the people that were renting houses in a certain area because you knew those people wanted to own houses in that area, or not all of them, but you knew there was a chance that you know that they wanted yeah. to own those properties in that You strike
1: area. On, a, on a really good point. and And this is, it was kind of funny. They weren't the first people I brought that deal to. I actually brought that deal to some very good friends and they passed on it. And that was my motivation to sell it was that I had to prove to my friends that it was a deal that someone would buy. Someone would buy, yeah. So and, they didn't
0: think you were just throwing them a dumb, a dead, dead
1: exactly. deal. Exactly. <laughs> and I was, you know, I mean, you know, sometimes you, you know, you have to sit and think about why did something not work? And I was thinking about it. I was like, they are not desert hot springs landlords or investors so then i thought well who is and then that was where i was like okay if someone owns one they're gonna you know they might own more so it was instead of trying to force a deal on someone who that's not the kind of deal they buy you know you're kind of pushing a, a square peg into a round hole yeah, exactly you should reverse engineer the deal to figure out who is this deal best suited for then go find them i love that
0: and the technique used, I've never heard of. I've heard of people, um, you know, going to the county record and looking up people who have paid cash for homes in certain areas specifically, uh, and contacted them. But what you did, the ask, that's pretty genius, I think. So kudos. Yeah, I got lucky.
1: <laughs> I, sometimes when it was one of those blurs, you know, just where you're, you're just frantically trying to make it happen, and there was no thinking; it was just doing.
0: Yeah. Think, I always tell, tell people, think, less, do more. So many people get, like you said, analysis paralysis. And sometimes they'll even ask me, do you think I should do it like this or like this? Or I'm like, do they all work? I know people who have been successful, all of them just fell for it fast. Think, less, do more. Get it done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. And it, at the end of the day, um, and I, I truly believe this, even if you fail, if, if you can, you know, kind of put your phone down at the end of the day and you can honestly say to yourself that you've done everything within your power to try and make it work, it's OK if it didn't work.
0: No, I, yeah, I totally agree. And eventually it will. And you're always learning and people pay thousands and thousands of dollars to go to school to make, with the hope of someday making money from it. So you always got to look at it as an education and you're always learning, uh, and everything. So, okay. So let's talk a little more about your marketing machine acquisitions machine. So you do, do you do direct mail only, or do you do other kinds of direct marketing?
1: Predominantly direct mail, um, Pretty much strictly direct mail, actually. Um, I quite I like that. Um, I'm doing a bit of a shift this year to be a little bit more web based um, and to go after a few other routes for deals. But you know, I like direct mail. It requires high volume commitments, but you know, I enjoy it.
0: Okay, so are you are you focusing on like absentee probate? What kind of
1: absentee owners? Uh, typically, I have done a few mailers to owner occupants as well. Um, I haven't pulled a deal off of it yet. I think it takes a higher volume, but I think in sp- specific markets maybe. There's one area of San Diego that I'm trying to hit hard with that and I haven't had a result yet, but I'm not quitting it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I like that. I'm there's actually certain areas I just talked to my assistant about too that I said, okay, I want to hit yeah, these areas really hard and almost do like even every door direct mail, which you can do like thirteen cents per letter in these specific areas because we know these areas better than anybody. And we can we just know them so well that we can sometimes make a deal work where someone else maybe wouldn't see it. Kind of how you were saying. So
1: yeah, very much so. I mean, and you might. I mean, leveraging what you. I mean, it, this business is all about leverage, and yep. and whether that's your money, your time, or something that you know, you better take advantage of what you have at your disposal.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, and then you got the networking, and then you're going to work on doing some web-based stuff. And you know, you don't even tell us all your secrets, but. Are you focusing on like SEO or pay-per-click or what kind of?
1: It'll probably, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, I mean, there's no secret to the web. I mean, you're, either you know, you're either going to have to, you know, slowly build up a very competent site or yep. you're going to pay for AdWords. For so sure. it's, it's going to yeah. be a bit of both.
0: Yep. Yep. I'm actually, uh, yeah, I want, I want to really focus on some good SEO stuff too, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. It's like a whole other business. I mean, you, <laughs> you can only, right. I mean, you can only do oh, so much at a time. Um but it's just good to have a lot of ideas. And, you know, for me personally, because I'm in a point where we're flipping a lot of houses, I can leverage someone else, I'm going to go hire someone else to do it for me, you know, but other people might want to study up on it, read a book and and learn how to.
1: That's where I am. I I look at individuals such as yourself who have, have built good teams, and that's the required next step to grow in the business. And so that's definitely I would say if there's anywhere that is not my strong suit yet is, learning to hire and bringing on somebody to do these things for me and uh, that's my next challenge i'm going to be taking on it's
0: kind of where you're at right now yeah that's, definitely that's what it sounds like that's yeah it's good it's it's fun when you have uh when you're sitting there doing an interview or the other guy you know i had a, the other day i had a guy over we were just meeting on, on my balcony and i got a text saying we got two deals you know she bought two houses <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's when it gets fun but um anyway going off on a tangent that's what i like to do But whatever. So
1: (laughs) I look forward to that day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, okay, let's talk a little bit about your financing. How are you getting these deals financed? You actually, when you actually reached out to me, which is cool, um, and you're like, hey, how, you know, I, I'm missing out on the, what'd you say? I'm missing out on the, the podcast action. How do I get on or something
1: like that? Something right? like that. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not shy. And I'm, you know, so I, I, I wanted to, yeah, tell the world about something kind of interesting. And, and- I like
0: that. I mean, I I'd, I'd met you once and I had uh, seen, uh, heard, you know, I seen you on Facebook and stuff, but I called you up. I wanted to make sure, of course, I, I'm very careful with who I let on the show. And I really liked where you were at. I've interviewed people who have done, you know, 100 plus deals. I've interviewed brand new people. And you are kind of in that middle, so I think that, that was perfect, yeah. but you were a go-getter. You were all about, you know, I'm going to find, you are not, a, you are the opposite of a yeah-butter, which people know I've explained, a yeah-butter is someone who just finds an excuse how to not make things happen. There's another group that finds a way to make things happen no matter what. Um, so that's what you are to me.
1: Well, I, I, I appreciate the compliment, and it. I've been so lucky to surround myself with you know, the people that I've managed to meet here in Southern California and, and without all of them, I, I would have none of this. And so it's it's from getting out there and, and just meeting people and picking up the phone and calling individuals like you and just, you know, seeing if it can be done. And, uh, yeah, the, the financing that I've been utilizing is the, the reason I'm so excited about it, too, honestly, is because I th- for anybody who's new at this business, but they have a day job this is an advantage that they have over a full-time investor that they won't have that and so it's actually one of those few times where you can say to the people who are new and getting started you have something at your disposal that many other investors don't you know so you are ahead you have things that you can leverage and it's it's fun to share that with people to give them you know kind of you know motivate them and remind them that you know these are ways that you can get deals done right now and
0: i love that once again you're not using excuses i mean you have a job you've made this happen with a job Yep. And that's great. And then you've, you've utilized that to your advantage rather than saying, oh, I can't do it because I have a job and you use it to your advantage. So let's talk about the financing. I've heard of it, but I'm not that familiar with it at all. So I'm going to let you kind of.
1: Sure. it's uh, The main loan that I utilized last year was called a, an FHA 203K. And I think a lot of people sort of know about it, but they don't know a lot about it. And I mean, obviously, it's a first-time homebuyer loan. Which means that you can have a very low down payment, three and a half percent down. So, for someone in Southern California, uh, a three and a half percent down payment, I mean, I mean, it was like fifteen grand uh, to awesome. buy a property. So, obviously, the catch is you have to occupy the property, and then the two or three K part of it means basically that this property is in need of repairs, and the lender is actually going to include the funds to rehab this property in your mortgage, and That's so. so cool. Your rehab costs are amortized over 30 years. So um, you could be all in for a property for a very small amount of money um, and then get started. And so you can do this with a single family residence all the way up to a four unit property. That's the the limit. And I was very lucky and I came across a fourplex and it was a very scary proposition to purchase this one. It had people, people were selling heroin um, out of the lower units. I was nearly assaulted the first time I went there. Jeez. And I don't know. I, just something in my gut told me I had to do it. And I didn't listen to the people who told me I shouldn't. And it took some convincing. A lot of realtors and sellers aren't too excited to take a 203k offer because they have a high propensity of falling out. Hmm. But thankfully, due to using a very good lender who specialized in these loans, so obviously find the expert. Do and, you mind
0: sharing that? Lender no, not it? at all.
1: Um, it was Ironically, it was Wells Fargo. Um, it wasn't Wells Fargo that made it easy. It was a gentleman by the name of Danny Fitzpatrick, who's in San Diego, California. He, that's all he does is these loans, and he was brilliant. He helped convince, this was a pocket listing, um, so it wasn't op- available to the open market. We tried putting in a low offer, um, and, and I was going to get hard money or borrow money, and they were absolutely fixated on their number at 325. So, we went back to him and said, we can give you the 325, but we need 60 days to close because we're going to do a 203k loan. And I agreed to let my earnest money deposit go hard. And I had Danny call the realtor and basically convince them. And then I also spoke to the realtors, too. And fortunately, the, the company that I'd wholesaled that big deal to in December... Both of the realtors involved knew these people. And so once I said, you know, look, I wholesale, I've done deals with these guys, they kind of took me a little bit more seriously. And I just sat face to face and just said, give me this opportunity and I will close this deal. And uh, so I bought the fourplex. For- well, you put some
0: skin in the game too. You had your, your deposit go hard, which uh, I, did. I, 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 by the way, just for anyone who doesn't know that term, it just means that you put your deposit at risk. You're saying, okay, I will give up my deposit if I don't close this deal.
1: Right? Yeah. It's not something I suggest people do ever, but <laughs> in this case, I wanted this fourplex so badly. Um, I'd viewed so many properties. I'd been, you know, working at a, at a corporate job with, you know, and I had this beautiful financing available to me and interest rates are rock bottom. And I looked at so many and none of them were a fit. And this one just, it just called to me and I, I had to have it. And so yeah, I made it go hard. I put, I think my down payment was 15,000. And I think I probably came out of pocket another ten grand outside of the, the rehab loan. And Wells Fargo paid $30,000 for someone to rehab it for me.
0: That's amazing. That's super cool. So, okay, well, let, let's talk about this some more, though. I mean, you're required to occupy it. Is that correct?
1: Correct. You have to live in one unit for at least a year. And so being a fourplex, I evicted the heroin dealers and made that unit mine and rented out the other three. Cool and uh,
0: so this might be something that works well for someone who's willing to kind of move into a house right or
1: definitely it's designed for the young scrappy investors.
0: Okay. okay cool <laughs> i like that
1: <laughs> yeah, you know I, I don't think if i had a wife she would have been too thrilled about moving into this neighborhood you never but... know
0: you never know i, I you know just depends
1: yeah. it's true <laughs> it's true and it's i mean but it and and that's the, that's the only catch to it because if you don't live in a property, you're going to have to put at least 20% down, and then suddenly that's a, a very large down payment for some of us if we're looking to to enter into this this business. And so the the beauty of these these FHA rehab loans is the low down payment. It eliminates a barrier to entry that that is there for a lot of us. And so the other interesting part about it is if you think about it, I've got 15,000 invested into a fourplex that someone else say you know, Joe cash buyer is going to have to spend $360,000 to get into. So I can, knowing that California real estate is, is kind of an, an appreciation play, I only have 15 grand in this deal. So I'm going to get my money back insanely quick compared to someone else. And so I'm willing to pay a little bit more for that deal than a cash buyer might because the return on investment is fairly high for me versus them. And so that's another way where the the little guy who has access to this financing actually has the advantage to the cash investor
0: yeah and, and you have incredible financing as well lined yeah. up and that gives you kind of a couple options you know market goes up you could sell it for a profit but if you have to hold on to it you're not hurting at all yeah so you're not I putting mean, yourself at risk and pretty much yep. no risk i mean essentially
1: yeah it was a beautiful thing i mean it, it, the property cash flows it'll be paid off the month i turn 60 and I, I don't know if I'll ever sell it honestly. I just love that building it It just makes me happy. Uh, I'm very proud to own it, and I'm very proud to be a good landlord and to treat my tenants right and but it, it gets me so excited talking about this because there's all of these folks who want to get started and they're not quite sure how and it's like, look, if you're willing to you know live in one of these properties or you know go for one of these loans, you actually can buy some of these deals that you think aren't available to you. I mean, it does take work but you can do it. And it's I I did two of these loans in one year.
0: Yeah. So I mean, even beside you just talked about having the job and having that income. If someone can't do the two or three, wait, wait a minute. How do you do two in one year? (laughs) Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't talk about
0: this.
1: (laughs) Well, no, I can. Um, The second one was bought as an investment. It was actually done through Wells Fargo. So there was there was no secrets there. They they were very well aware of the first one and the second one. Um, I did convince my dad to co-sign on the loan for me. So Um, but that was because they wouldn't count my wholesaling income. And so, you know, I went to my parents and just said, look, I can afford this. You know, I can afford this. They also wouldn't count the rent from the fourplex because I hadn't managed a property for over two years. Okay. Uh, the second one was a house in Oceanside I intended to live in and I had to put 20% down for that one. That was the only difference was I couldn't do three and a half percent down. But it was
0: still a 203k loan. So you can do more than one 203k loan at a time.
1: They don't call it a two oh three K because it's not an FHA, but it's the identical loan. It's just an investor rehab loan. So I'm I'm at a four point three percent interest rate. They loaned Jeez. me the same thirty thousand to rehab it. Everything. So I mean Wells Fargo paid sixty thousand dollars last year to rehab houses for me.
0: Crazy, that's awesome. That's I just love it that they yeah, they give you the rehab for and the interest is so dang cheap. You're not paying points or high interest or, or anything.
1: Yeah, I mean and, and this is something where if, if you have a day job, I used to beat myself up about having a day job And now I'm actually very proud to have a day job because it has allowed me access to financing that people would kill for
0: Yes, absolutely um, And I had to, what's funny is I had to wait until I was flipping a very high volume and making like a ton of money in my house flipping business before I could get any bank financing It was it was ridiculous. So That's pretty cool Um Now, how did you live in both of these at the same time, though? Weren't you supposed to live in the one for a year?
1: (laughs) I stay in the fourplex until March. And so it's, you know, the one is, it technically is where I live. And I I do go there a lot. And then the house in Oceanside, I've just rented out a room to a couple people. And um, I just keep close tabs on it. And in March, I can officially make the switch.
0: Okay, cool. Whatever works, man. That's awesome. So I just wanted, I wanted to know, really. So, um, okay. And other than that, though, People, if you have a job or a good income, you can get. I'm hearing more and more people do get bank financing even for flip properties. And yeah, you put a little bit more down, but you're going to have to put that much money down with a hard money loan. It'll just save you points in interest, which will allow you to either make more profit or buy a little bit tighter if you need to.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I th- I'm a big believer in doing kind of like a personal inventory and figuring out what your strong suits are because. Uh, And this is a funny thing about that six-day challenge is some people left that and they didn't become wholesalers. They became private money lenders or they became realtors or they became landlords. And so you have to sit and look hard at what abilities you have and what resources you have and how you can leverage those to your success. Because if you're trying to be something that you aren't, it's probably not going to work. And once you you realize what you are good at and what you're supposed to do, things just tend to fall together seamlessly almost.
0: I refer to it as like Finding your in, like what's your in, like what, like you said, do you have money? Do you have time? Are you a hustler? If you're not anything, then <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, then it's, it's time to get motivated. Well, you've
0: got to be able to bring and willing to bring something to the table because I see some people who it's like, they don't want, they don't have the money, but they don't want to do the. I'm like, well, sorry, I don't know what to tell you, you know? It's like,
1: yeah. I, I live by this motto, which is once you add value, you get paid
0: exactly exactly and then yeah who cares where like you were working with other people to hustle and try to sell their deals but then eventually you learn from that and you can either scale that and do that on a higher level or you can just kind of take the next step and maybe do a rehab or or whatnot so very very cool well tim i man that's that's a lot of good info anything else we're missing that you want to share about yourself or your business and
1: um i'm trying to think i mean just. I, I, I love real estate. I love wholesaling. Um, I also love encouraging and helping other people. I, I think I—I well, I don't think—I secretly dream of being a motivational speaker. And yeah, um, tell me that. So a big thing to me is you know I used to listen to podcasts and I, I would you know want to be that person or want to be doing this or that and um, just you know I, I really enjoy encouraging other people and that's part of the reason I love sharing. You know that it took me over a year to close my first deal. You know a lot of people are. Don't like saying that. It took me over a year and I'm not afraid to admit that in it. You know, I, my first house rehab went horrible. I, you know, like I've, I've I've failed so many times and done things wrong so many times, but I've had people around me such as yourself and others who have helped me and guided me. And there are all these amazing resources available to us and that we should use those and, you know, figure out what it is that you can do and just go do it. And, And don't be afraid to ask for help.
0: Love it. Well, you're motivating us already, Tim. (laughs) (laughs)
1: thank you so much for taking the time to even speak with me i'm i'm so honored um i'm you know like i told you i was i'm very impressed with this podcast and i you know i was listening to a few of them last night as well and i love the model and i anything that motivates people in this business i it really encourages me and i i think that it the people that are willing to do that on a scale like this you know should be acknowledged for it
0: awesome man well i I appreciate the kind words and I am looking forward. I have a feeling that you are only at the tip of the iceberg. So I am looking to, I am excited to, uh, following your journey as well. So,
1: well, thank you very much.
0: Very good. All right. And then, uh, yeah, start selling houses too. Okay. Okay. Sounds like- <laughs> <laughs> so how can people reach out to you, Tim?
1: Or um, with you? well, you can find me on Facebook, which is just facebook.com backslash Tim Gordon. And, um, the best way to reach me, I'd probably say is, um, I just set up this email yesterday, actually, and it is Tim at Gordon Perfect.
0: Perfect. All right, Tim, appreciate it. You've shared with us a wealth of knowledge and we are all better off for it. Um, and we'll talk to you soon, my friend.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. All right. We'll see you.
0: Hey, Hey, was that an awesome interview? I think he's just the perfect middle man to help those of you who are kind of in that, either looking to get going or kind of in that middle stage and need to kind of take things to another level. So that guy just, he doesn't make up excuses. He just goes for it and makes things happen. So looking for some really big things from him here in the near future. To check out the show notes or for any comments or questions, you go to housewinghq.com episode 31. And a quick reminder also to join us for our next upcoming webinar. You can go to houseflippinghq.com webinar to sign up. And you'll also learn more about our House Flipping Mastermind group, which is rocking and bumping, and I'm adding video tutorials every day. For those of you who don't know, I have been in the process of creating a House Flipping Mastermind slash coaching program community that is second to none. And, you know, basically what most people would charge you $25,000 for, I am doing for the price of, like, a seminar. So, am I crazy? Maybe. But I just have this vision of something. I want to exist. And we are going to create it. Just like you should be doing with your house flipping machine. One piece at a time. Uh, Failing forward fast, going for it, making things happen. So can you go to housepinghq.com/webinar to sign up and we will see you on the flip side.
2: Red the sunshine, can't fly so high, got sunshine power! Red the sunshine, can't fly so high, got sunshine power! Okay, now
0: say
2: Everybody's Awesome. Everybody's awesome! Everybody's awesome! Everybody's awesome! Everybody's awesome when you work as a team! Everybody's awesome! Everybody's awesome. When you work as a team. Okay,
0: now sing a little softer. Sing it's really sweet.
2: Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome as you work as a team. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome as you work as a team. Everything is awesome. Now medium. Every.
0: Everything is awesome.
2: Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome as you, when you work as a team. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome when you work as a team. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome when you work as a team. Everything is awesome. Everything is awesome as you work as a team.
0: Okay, Kason, I'm going to ask you awesome. some. I'm going to ask Everything you some questions. Awesome you I'm going to ask you some questions. Who's the special from the Lego Movie? Me you that's right you are the special huh why are you the special
2: because i am so cute because
0: you are so cute Yes. and you are awesome huh yes and you can do anything you want right
2: yes and i do cool tricks
0: and you do cool tricks yeah so the special he was able to do some really important things because he believed in himself huh and he believed he was special, I was, right?
2: I was, I was, I was, play, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was playing in the water because I wanted to be healthy.
0: Because you wanted to be healthy? Okay, well, I wasn't going to tell everybody that when I was looking for you to help me record this podcast, I found you outside naked playing in the water in the muddy water. You weren't <laughs> supposed to tell everybody, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: everybody's awesome when you work <laughs> at the team All right. when the <laughs> snowman tooted snowman tooted? what?
0: no snowman tooting on
2: my podcast no <laughs> snowman tooting on my podcast no snowman
0: tooting alright we gotta go take a bath you so we can go to Disneyland okay?
2: What, well, right, do you want to go to Disneyland?
0: <laughs> oh, that's beautiful singing. Oh that's beautiful <laughs> singing. That's a beautiful singing.
2: A beautiful singing. Okay. Say,
0: say thanks everybody. Hope you like my singing.
2: Thanks everybody. I hope you like my singing.
0: And remember,
2: And remember, you
0: are special.
2: Remember, you are special, the best.
0: And can do anything you want.
2: I can do anything you want.
0: Just put your mind to it and you can do it.
2: Just put your mind to it and then you can do it.
0: Okay, bye-bye.
2: Bye-bye.